Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. All right, another week. Another week. How's your Monday going? Oh, a little bit frazzled. <laughs> Uh, my dongle decided to give out, and so doing a bit thing a bit, things a bit more analog than than normal. But uh, it's all right, you know. It happens. It was an old one. I'm actually kind of excited because I'm getting a new one now. That's like supposed to be way better. Now it's more ports and stuff. And I was having to like switch out USB ports depending on like if I wanted <laughs> to use like my lighting at the same time as like charging my computer at the same time as using the camera and the microphone. And and sometimes I had to unplug the mic, the mic or the the mouse, and so it'll be nice to have something a little bit bigger, as more ports. And I'm also actually I've been wondering because um, I have I've been using Ethernet, but sometimes the connection will still be like really fuzzy and stuff. So I was like, why? Like that shouldn't be happening because my I know my internet isn't that bad, and even if I go to like all the speed tests, like they're still pretty decent. And I'm wondering actually now if it was the adapter kind of dongle if it like couldn't pull th- everything through or send it back, you know, the same speed. So this one is supposed to have like, I don't know, I forget what it's called, like giganet or gigabit or something, ethernet speeds that, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. The port situation with Max yeah. is just somewhat ridiculous. It seems like. Yeah. You know, it's this whole remote work thing too. It's just, we're all like figuring it out still like, I don't know. There's no like right way to do things. And you kind of just like mix and match yourself. And I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just like plugging things into each other, <laughs> hoping they're compatible. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I hear you. Yeah. What about you? How are things going? Uh, going all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty tired today. We, yeah. uh, Yeah. We're uh, we're having some, I would call it sleep regressions with our with our son. So it tends to happen around I guess mm. three or four months, um, and yeah, that that catches up with you, uh, not getting enough sleep, and we're also trying to evaluate childcare options right now. So that's somewhat uh, stressful too. <laughs> right, uh, imagining yeah. basically a stranger uh, watching him for part of the day instead of uh, myself or my wife. So, but. We're mm-hmm. figuring it out. Yeah, that'll do it. I mean, that's tough stuff. Uh, again, I think going back to the the Pep Laha tweet about uh, all the productivity gurus not accounting for parents at all. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I I don't know what it is. Actually, I had a random thought the other day. I think as uh, I don't know, or heard about a friend or something or like someone we knew being pregnant. And I was just like, I don't. I don't know how I'd get things done with a kid. It's just, doesn't that just like dominate every like second of your life? Unless of course you can go at it, but just like every free second, that's just so bizarre. Yeah. I think I'm finding it's, it's a lot harder to recharge because uh, like it, it doesn't feel like you don't really feel like you have weekends anymore. Um, hmm you know, outside of a couple hours here and there, if he, if he's napping for a while, but, uh, right. You know, I'm, I'm definitely trying to work less on the weekends. Uh, but still, yeah, like Saturday, Sundays don't feel all that different from, you know, Monday through Friday now. So that's hard. Yeah. yeah it's really it's definitely hard. hard. That's a tough one. Yeah. We've, uh, Oh, I've had talked over the weekend about, setting some more like, you know, work life kind of boundaries and trying to unplug and everything. And I didn't do a good job of that this weekend, but we're still talking about like, it's just this vicious cycle. Again, I think we talked, I think actually I was talking about it because we talked about it last week, but you, you work a little bit of weekends or you feel like you didn't have like a rested weekend and then you're less productive during the week, which makes you want to work weekends again. And then it's just, you know, this repeating, uh, kind of cycle. And, um, and it had me thinking too over the weekends, I was doing small things 
And I was kind of thinking like, oh, well, I can just like get to this on the weekend if I don't get to it during the week. Mm-hmm. But then I'm, it's like a self, uh, self, um, self-fulfilling prophecy, <laughs> you know, where like, because I've given myself the option, I will take that option. And it's like, wait a second, you know, if that wasn't an option, I wouldn't be doing it. And so, but I, anyways, that's a tangent from, uh, you know, not being able, not feeling like you have weekends is, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, it's, uh, it's just something to, to learn and figure out and that's what we're doing. So just like everything else in parenting, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know, but that's what I'm here. Just yeah. figuring out along the way. Totally. Yeah. So anything new or exciting in uh jet boost land? Um, couple updates from last week but honestly pretty short list from me uh i really only got in maybe 25 30 hours of, of work last week but uh you know i mentioned on a previous chat um i spent a long time in april uh working on the chrome extension for the webflow designer but i was able to wrap up development and get that pushed out last week which was exciting nice one thing I had forgotten is how much more difficult it is to build applications that are in an app store versus, uh, just like web apps, because there's this process of you have to submit it and then it goes through whatever the app store's approval process is. So whether this is, you know, iOS, Android, or, or in my case, Chrome extensions. Um, and the challenge with that is you need to, because that can take some time and you don't have control over it, uh, you need to ship very uh, airtight updates. Like if there's bugs, it may take an unknown length of time for Hmm. you to push out an update for that and have that update go live. And unfortunately for me, uh, (laughs) when I, when I shipped the, uh, the update to the Chrome extension, there was a, it was working great on, on my local development. Uh, you know, the famous saying works on my machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but there was, uh, there was basically a silly mistake where I, or I had something set that would only work on my machine and not, uh, on the actual live environment. So of course, uh, I found out after that went live that now the Chrome extension wasn't working at all for anyone. Um, and had to ship an update for that, which then took another like day or so to actually go live. So that was just uh, a bit of an unfortunate thing that happened. But now it's all good, and um, that's that somewhat delayed my marketing efforts on it because there's no. It's kind of annoying in, in the Chrome dashboard. Uh, there's no way to see like what percentage of people have which version uh, of the Chrome oh. extension. So it's kind of like. I don't really want to market this right now. If I think like a good portion of people still have like the broken version. Um, so I planned to wait mm. a couple of days and then it was Friday and I was like, I don't really want to announce stuff on Friday. So, uh, gonna, gonna go through all the various channels, uh, this week and, and give it some promotion, which I'm pretty excited about. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, at least you knew, you know, that people are using it because <laughs> yeah. that it's not working and, uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about, I guess that makes sense, you know, going through the approval process with the marketplace and building on a platform where they have to approve everything and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I've heard funny things, you know, about Google with like security audits and just, you know, platform stuff, but not being able to see which version people are on. It seems like a big deal because it's not what you're building on technically is like, I don't know. It's just, that's a strange. Yeah. I think with Chrome, I just wonder like how do other people do that? You know, like what, what do they do about it? I I think it's just because they aggressively distribute updates to people. Uh, like some of the, like iOS, I think you can, you have the option to turn or at least you used to have the option to like turn off automatic updates. And I'm not Hmm. sure that with Chrome, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's hidden somewhere, but uh, so it seems like people get the latest version fairly quickly. Um, I see. But in, in the few people that I talked to, uh, it, it did take 
a little over a day for them to go from the broken version to the the fixed version. So, um, mm. yeah, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, that is frustrating though. Well, at least now you only have the the marketing to do. Yeah, and, um, it's the last leg. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be good. That's awesome though. Yeah, and um, I'll say that <laughs> the other large challenge last week was. Uh, so the the main JetBoost script that runs everything on you know all all of the customer sites, uh, we host that using Netlify, and I was a very I would say early adopter of Netlify, and at some point last year, and I don't know why they did this, they changed their domain from .com to .app, uh, which seems a little backwards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Interesting. yeah, they, they made that change. And so all any, anything that, uh, goes to their .com URL gets redirected to their .app. And they, they, of course, you know, handled that all automatically. Well, I made, I would say a very dumb mistake in the early days of JetBoost where I had people directly add the, the Netlify URL that, uh, points to the JavaScript that they need. Uh, oh, so instead the, of like a redirect. Yeah. Instead of like a subdomain of JetBoost. Um, right. Honestly, I, like looking back, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> nah. mm. it, it was just, a, it was a very, uh, I would say beginner mistake, um, trying to move too quickly in some senses. Like, hmm. and now like I realized setting up subdomains so easy that it, it was really dumb. Um, but it was fine for a long time until recently started getting reports from people that, and it seemed to be mostly people outside the U S where JetBoost wasn't always loading on their site and eventually was able to track down that sometimes the Netlify URL would redirect from HTTPS to just HTTP. So no, uh, so it wasn't secure and some browsers would block this and, Anyways, long story short, um, I've gone back and forth with Netlify support and like, <laughs> this is definitely a Netlify issue, but, uh, they didn't fully acknowledge it or, or I don't know. Uh, so mm -hmm. what it came down to was sort of my worst nightmare of having to email a whole bunch of JetBoost customers and say, I need you to go make this change to your Webflow project, uh, Ah, yeah. Uh, it, and it ended up being about, I had to write the script to go through, to basically scan every single JetBoost customer website and see which, uh, which script they've included. And it ended up being about 20% mm. of the customer base, uh, which was mm. a significant amount. Um, and it was tough. It was tough to send that email. And I was like, listen, I'm very <laughs> sorry. Like I know you know, you may have set this up six months ago, nine months ago, whatever it is. And probably there's a good chance you haven't even thought about JetBoost in however long. And, you know, that's, that's sort of how I'm approaching it when I, when I'm running this email and, uh, you know, and knowing that it's going to take their time and their effort, uh, to, to make that change. Like, and again, a lot of the, a lot of the people in Webflow are coming from WordPress or other, uh, things like that, where, people don't want to deal with like having to update plugins and uh, you know, plugin versioning and things breaking. And uh, so I, I, I'm very aware of that. And it, it was, you know, I tried to make it clear, like this is the only time you're going to have to do this uh, <laughs> because now like everything is fully under, uh, under our control on our side. Um, yeah. Which was, which was, yeah, it was tough, but I will say, you know, I'm very fortunate that JetBoost has pretty amazing customers and, you know, I didn't get a single reply. You know, I'm sure some people weren't happy, but nobody replied like furious or anything like that. And if you get a number <laughs> of replies were like, you know, thanks. These instructions are super clear and, uh, you know, this is an easy fix and all that stuff. So, um, I think it was, it was definitely good to be proactive about it and, and tell people to make that change before, uh, everyone was impacted by it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, I saw that 
email, but I hadn't opened it yet, but I mm-hmm. saw like action required mm-hmm. update the JetBoost script URL. So I knew it was probably something, you know, along those lines. Yeah. Um, but no big deal. I actually just updated it while you were talking. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> I think the instructions were very easy and it's really not a, a huge change. Yeah. In fact, actually originally when, when I saw the email, I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to go through and like change something within the Webflow classes or, mm-hmm. you know, like really like go through and change something. But, uh, then I opened it while you're chatting and I just saw, oh, you'll see the script references the URL. You'll just need to replace it with this new URL and save changes and publish. Let's go. Oh, okay. Well, I could do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 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 That's it, a bummer though. Yeah. I, I, I wish there, uh, I tried to find any other solution, but ultimately that's, that's what it was. Is there anything like catastrophic that would happen if people didn't update the URL or is it just like they're at risk? It seemed to be happening more and more frequently within the last week where, Hmm. uh, I mean, catastrophic would be JetBoost doesn't work at all on their site for their visitors. So depending on how much their site relies on JetBoost, uh, I guess that kind of is the, the degree of, uh, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. If, if you have a site, you know, there's, there's some people who use JetBoost, like it's a landing page and there's a search box and like, that's the start of their website, mm. uh, yeah. onboarding yeah. flow. Like then that's, that's obviously a big problem, but, um, the, you know, obviously with a, with a subject like action required and, you know, go do this, <laughs> the, the open rate was, was quite high and, uh, you know, I got a lot of responses pretty much immediately. So, uh, I think at the very least, um, a lot of people took care of it. Well, there's a growth hack for you. Just send an email <laughs> to everyone who hasn't started a trial yet and say action required to start a trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I will, uh, try to avoid doing that again. <laughs> I think I was listening to a uh, art of product with, with Ben and Derek and, um, Ben keeps talking about how they like, you know, have these like updates that'll, that are like new and interesting or, or large for their customer base. And then they'll like send an email and be like, go try it out. And then there's like, all of a sudden there's like record numbers of trials. And he's like, why don't we do this more often? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, but of course I'm joking in your, in your case. Yeah. Of course I say that and then I don't do that for myself with swipe files. And so it's always, uh, it's always easier in, in, in theory than in practice, or it's the advice you give is the, the advice that you need to tell yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. How's it, how's it been going though? Pretty good. Yeah. I was, um, I was trying to think back to last week. It feels like the last two weeks have been like pretty, uh, pretty like simple for me. I feel like I really caught up last week on a few things I wanted to do um, and put myself in a good position this week to get done two big things that I really want to. Um, but last week I kind of got swept up into starting a, so, okay. So last, you know, Tuesday when we published, I mentioned that I wanted to really give Twitter a run and I wanted to, to focus on growing my Twitter following and that it would have these kind of downstream effects of growing the newsletter and swipe house paid members and help me get to my goals. And I feel like that would be like a really high leverage thing I could do. So, you know, me thinking about that, I was also thinking, well, I was listening to the, my first million podcast and Sean kept mentioning about how they had this like small group of people who were all trying to grow their Twitter following. And it was like him and Sam and this guy, Nick Huber and Julian and Cortland, maybe I think it was just like a few people and they're like, they all grew a ton and like kind of like cracked the code and felt like, you know, it was like this rising tide of salt boats. So I put a feeler out on Twitter and was like, Hey, would anyone been, be interested in, you know, joining me to help grow? And, you know, you'd have to be around the same range as me. So like between five and 10,000 and, uh, you know, we could really make a, a run at it. And I just got like this flood of responses of people kind of interested. And, uh, so I was like, Oh, like maybe this is something like beyond kind of myself and, uh, and maybe this is kind of like also like a neat way for me to, to grow my following also, you know, kind of transparently, uh, selfishly. 
So I put up a form, created it with Reform, with uh, Peter Sims' new product. And um, it was pretty fun and seamless. And basically just said, hey, if you want to do this, if you want to you know, double your Twitter following uh, by this date, like I am, um, then fill out this form and then I'll put something together. And I had 107 responses. <laughs> and so then it was like, went through these different iterations of, you know, are, are we going to put everyone on the list? Are we going to create a Slack group? Is it going to be a, you know, a part of swipe files? Um, are we going to create a Twitter DM that I like caps it to 50? Cause I was at the Twitter DM group uh, limit <laughs> was, but I was like 50 people on Twitter DMs is going to be chaos. It's like, Oh, what if I split them into groups? So basically it's evolved into this whole thing. Now it's the, it's the Twitter growth challenge to double your Twitter following and, um, split people up into groups of 10. So there's 11 groups of 10 ish and, uh, put together this notion doc of rules and guidelines. And, um, and then Saturday, May 1st kind of like launched it, but today I'm sort of like launching it. it's the first like work week day. And, uh, it's a thing now and people are posting and my DMS are exploding constantly <laughs> chatting and sharing tips and stuff, but it's been fun. And, um, so I just posted my, my first thread, like as a part of the challenge, uh, today, right before hitting record on this. And I'm going to share it around to the groups and uh, see how it goes. But now every day, basically be a lot more intentional with planning out tweets and threads and making a run at it. So that's been fun and, um, and interesting, but also it's been, you know, took over the last, took over like Wednesday through Friday for me basically. And, uh, so anyways, that was fun this week. Now I want to keep publishing on Twitter. Um, and then I really need to publish an article that I basically have ready to go. I just need to make some small edits too. And then finally build out the brain within Airtable and Webflow and JetBoost because I've been putting that off too. Um, and, uh, oh, and last week I was also busy kind of preparing for hiring a VA. So kind of went through the process, had a call, I think that was good. Um, and then like I made like a user manual for myself and started like mapping out like what are things I want them to do. And, uh, so this Thursday I should be matched and I kind of wanted to hit the ground running then. So, um, yeah, those are all the things kind of swirling around right now. Wow. Yeah. It was fun to watch the Twitter challenge take off last week. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know you, you posted as sort of like this, just an experiment. Here's what I'm going to try. And, uh, like you just said, all of a sudden it became a thing. Uh, and now you're leading that and I've seen it mentioned by a whole bunch of people, uh, on my Twitter timeline. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. I mean, it's kind of fun that, um, it's turned into a thing like without me making it a thing or even mm -hmm. wanting it to be a thing, because then it makes like the stakes a lot lower for me of like, well, if groups fizzle out or people drop out, like, I don't really care. That's fine. It's like people are going to make the most of it but it's really like, I'm just kind of doing this for me and I'm just helping other people as a favor. Um, whereas if it was like a thing I was really putting on, then I'd have a lot more invested in it and probably be more of like a stress inducer than, um, <laughs> than it would be like an encourager. And so, yeah, it's been fun. I'm going to see where it goes. I'm, you know, I'm also thinking realistically, well, most people will probably not drop out, but will probably like lose steam after like the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine also, but there's going to be a certain group of people who really make the most of it, who really take it, uh, seriously. And, um, who I think will be very beneficial and again, selfishly, uh, you know, just realistically, it's going to be beneficial for me too. So I kind of can't go wrong. Yeah. Do you know, uh, I'm assuming your account has jumped a bit since you started it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, in fact, let me pull up my, my ILO analytics right now. Um, but I think I've gained, you know, it's kind of funny too, because once I figured out like, like the format that I was going to create Twitter group DMS of groups of 10, uh, you know, I e emailed everyone who filled out the forum on reform and was like, Hey, I think in order for me to create these group DMS, you're going to need to follow me. Like, this is not like a cheap <laughs> trick for me to like gain followers, but <laughs> You know, so I've like kind of also artificially gained really around like a hundred people just overnight because <laughs> of the, because of the challenge. Um, but, uh, TBD on like yeah. the actual effects of it. Uh, I think, um, 
yeah, so I'm, I'm getting close to 9,000, but let's see. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these tweets though, actually just in relation to the challenge have gotten, at least I know a lot of profile clicks. So I, I think it's probably, you know, related in some way. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people tag you in talking about the challenge, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm personally just more excited to publish more and tweet more on Twitter and kind of see the downstream effects of it and, uh, and just get going. I've already got a whole bunch of ideas for stuff I want to finally publish and tweet about. And so I'm stoked for it. Yeah. That's awesome. It's always so much more motivating to do things with other people or alongside other people. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was like one of my main, I was like, geez, I need to like get something out today because like I'm leading this whole thing. And <laughs> if I'm not publishing, like, what am I doing here? Like what yeah. are people going to say or think, or like, you know, I need to like lead by example. And so that was very, you know, I'll definitely carved out the time to do that, to do that today. And I'm sure it'll be the same every day. Now I'll be okay. Well, I got to have something to share with the groups. Yeah. That that's, you know, I've talked to you about this before. That's a big reason why I want to do some sort of marketing fellowship group or, or uh, mm. you know, be a part of one just so it's like, okay, every week here's the, you know, three blog posts I shipped or whatever it is, uh, to, to have yeah. that group accountability on a task that, you know, I might not just have the motivation to do on my own. Um, but with other people involved, it's, uh, it's more interesting. Right. Yeah. And actually I'm, I think I'm going to put out a feeler for a marketing boot camp today or tomorrow, um, mm. to gather interest for doing it with Maven as a core based course. Uh, and I'm, I'm quite literally calling it a marketing boot camp. That's it. I just don't even have like a name for it quite yet. Um, but it's the marketing boot camp by me and, uh, how it would work basically would be like their core base course starts in like the middle of June. And then like you go through that with them and then like you work to launch your own. So I wouldn't be like ready until like August or like September even possibly. And, you know, we chatted before about the timeline mm -hmm. and me wanting to, you know, accelerate that, but I don't know if that's <laughs> the right move. And, um, but timely to mention it because I'm going to put out a feeler. I need to, I'll have to get, I need to get at least a hundred people interested in it, uh, to be accepted into the, into their cohort based course. So, um, I'll be pushing that hard this week. Get, uh, all, all 100 of your new Twitter followers. Right. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, it's kind of convenient. Like, Hey, also, are you interested in this thing? <laughs> One more uh, ask. Might be a, right. A breach of trust in some way, but um, as a last resort, possibly. No, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get a hundred people. I'm pretty sure you'll uh, be able to. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, That's cool. But yeah, it's another thing. And then you also mentioned hiring a VA. What sort of tasks do you have in mind? Yeah, so I've really split it up into um, kind of three buckets. One is everything's marketing. So a lot of it has to do with like reaching out, to guests that I've sort of like already planned out and ahead of time and then like managing all the like email outreach basically and scheduling. And then like, I have this kind of workflow follow-ups where then I ask people a question and then, um, you know, but depending on their response, I ask another question. And so I'll have like all that laid out and then like post-production with the scheduling, just like loading in all the files, publishing things through Webflow, grabbing a, you know, headshot image, making sure that you know, there's like this whole like thing, like today I did it and it takes me like an hour to do, um, which is surprisingly long, but it's just like these little tedious tax tasks that add up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, show notes and links and things like that. Um, second bucket is like the swipe files community. And so, um, mainly around like coordinating workshops and think tank Thursdays, uh, but also just helping me kind of like plan in advance, like topics and things to post and things that I need to do kind of regularly. Uh, even like the monthly roundup, actually, I just thought of it today, but, um, you know, like I'll post about the, uh, the, the top members for the month and, um, small things here and there, but also just like getting more intentional about it. 
And then the third bucket is mainly just like admin stuff in general. So helping me with my, with my emails, um, with my DMS and, um, any other like research I need to do oh, research for guests, but also just research for podcasts to go on, um, uh, people to reach out to coordinate with, uh, it's a little bit like, you know, miscellaneous in that category. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I did a like YouTube talk with David Perel last year and oh, he, yeah. yeah, he had a VA and basically, you know, outside of the initial email introduction with him, like most of my interaction was with the VA up until we did the actual YouTube talk and it was, you know, she handled the, the scheduling. We had to reschedule a couple of times and, um, mm. you know, she handled, uh, basically the entire process of like, here's how things are going to work. Here's the, you know, links that you need and the information that you need to provide kind of like what you're saying with, uh, you know, everything is marketing and the, the headshots and all of that. And, uh, so I, I can see how that would free up a lot of his time and, you know, for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited too because I think um, it'll force me to be a little bit more organized around creating like SLPs and docs and tutorials and uh, but also just like having things organized in like a central system of kind of just been managing everything out of Rome, which is pretty good. Uh, but I think when I end up using something like Notion or ClickUp, uh, especially, and I'm also looking at a tool. It's funny, like just kind of just like a marketing. Uh, you know, observation for me, but I read this blog post about how it's going to call missive reached a million in ARR this year. And they're like, kind of like a front ish, like an email collaboration tool. And um, I had never, ever heard of them. Not even once before, like, cause I have like a pretty good memory for that type of stuff. I'd never seen them. I read it. And then it wasn't like two weeks later that I was like, Oh, I should maybe hire a VA. How would I do that? Like, what are the systems and processes that you use? And it turns out actually missive is like, there's a really good use case for using it with <laughs> VAs because they can like, you know, you can collaborate and kind of triage email together and they can even like send and read emails, uh, from your own account. Like they don't even need their own account. So I'm looking into them, but also I was like, wow, interesting. Um, pretty, pretty timely. So, hmm. uh, anyway, that'll force me Googling to be a that. lot more organized. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just missive Sounds interesting. Yeah. Nice little, uh, bootstrapped web app. Um, it's really, they have their own, like, I like the Mac desktop app and it's really well designed. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, I'm really stoked. I uh, can't wait for them to start Thursday. Still feels like a long time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just once I have this in my head, like, Oh, I don't have to do, I don't have to do these things anymore. Then I really don't want to do those things anymore. <laughs> right. Did you end up using squared away? I did. Yeah. I want to give them a shot. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Came in a high recommendation from a few people, reasonable pricing. I think I thought the like onboarding process was really seamless. And I just felt like even if I could spend half as much, I'm not confident that it would make up for like the quality and especially the speed. I just felt like if I don't do this now then I'm like, I'm not going to do it. And it's just, it would just, just be too much going through Upwork and mm -hmm. don't have the thing for now. So if it doesn't work out, you know, I might re-explore that, that route. Um, but they also have a pretty generous, like that was the other thing too, is a lot of people are like, Oh, you might take, it might take a few times to like find the right BA, mm -hmm. which could take a couple months. And I just don't have that. And so one of the things that I liked about squared away too, was if you, if it's not working with your VA, like they'll rematch you with another or another. And so it's, you know, I feel like that's a big value prop too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When I've thought about it in the past, that's probably the service I would have gone with or, or will go with someday. Yeah. Should have more to update maybe in two weeks ish. Thursday we'll get onboarded. Monday I won't have much to update on, but then after that I should have my first kind of feeler for how things are going. Cool. Yeah. Well, anything else going on in your world or, uh, other thoughts? Uh, I've, I've had this one thought swirling around, around 
growth and why is it so addicting? <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so for, for a little bit of context, April was, uh, so the, the first three months, uh, were, were really good for JetBoost MRR growth and April was a bit slower. Uh, but it ended up being, it was the slowest month of 2021, but then I compared it to 2020 and it was faster than any month in 2020. Mm. But it still didn't feel great because <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, from a growth perspective, it was a down month. Uh, right. And so thinking about that, then it got me thinking like, why, why is it that we always default to growth? Uh, you know, jet boost has sort of, I guess, reached the, the first goal of default alive. It doesn't technically need to grow to, you know, at least stay profitable and, and support me and, and the small team now. Uh, but it feels like that's, that's the goal is like, keep growing, keep getting bigger. And it's, that's just sort mm -hmm. of like the default goal. Um, and you know, nobody, n there are no outside forces, uh, putting that on me. That's all internal. You know, the, like, uh, there's only one investor, which is earnest capital, and they're certainly not pushing growth or grow at all costs or anything like that. That's not their mantra. And, but, but like, I want to see it grow. I want to see it grow faster. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it just feels like it's like addicting. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. It's just like this, uh, I mean, this treadmill kind of that hedonic treadmill of, you know, you adapt and you want novelty and you want growth and you want to see more and it's yeah, strange. And it's... I had, I had a, I had a similar thought the last week of like, I just, you know, I feel like especially in SAS, like for other, uh, I was listening to a podcast with someone and, um, it was something like a really like boring business, like a, a laundromat and it was like super profitable, but they were like, yeah, we basically like capped out. Like we're not going to like make any more, like our expenses are fixed. Like now to like grow, we just have to like start a new one. But like now that's not like, it's not like we don't really like want to do that. So like, this is it. We just like, we're just going to like try to maintain this as long as we can. It's like, how weird <laughs> <laughs> it's just SAS is so different. It's just constant growth and you know, any public company, constant growth. Um, it's very strange. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like you can sit still because the market's always changing. Technology's changing. You know, your, your company doesn't exist in a vacuum. So, uh, yeah, it seems like if, if you're not growing, then you're probably not going to stay static. Like you're just going to start declining and, right. uh, that obviously feels a lot worse too. Yeah. I mean, there's the adage of if you're not growing or dying and yeah, whatever else it is, I think, you know, cause well, yeah, it's here, weird. Here's a question. I mean, you were at bare metrics for, I think part of the time it was like fairly flat, right? I mean, you, you guys went through periods of like strong growth and then maybe not as much growth. Mm-hmm. But even when it was flat, it was still making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was still, we were always like kind of break even, like not, not very profitable like okay. really ever. Huh. Um, but even then, you know, we'd get to, we'd have a, a few good months and then it kind of slow down or then there'd be some where it'd be like, especially like, uh, you know, I always remember January, December being really slow, possibly even negative months. And so, uh, you know, that felt like a step back or just like, you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, it doesn't really like feel good. Just to be like sitting here waiting for things to go down. If it's not going up, it feels like it's definitely going to go down. Yeah. It's like a bad signal. Um, and I mean, my goal as the head of growth was always to grow. Like that was quite literally <laughs> right. the, 
you know, I existed there for a reason. And so if we're not growing, then what am I doing there? Um, which, yeah, which is maybe another, I don't know. It's probably like a bigger company thing. Again, one of my, um, one of my friends owns a event rentals business and he's very ambitious. He wants to grow, but at the same time, like he doesn't have anyone dedicated to, to marketing or to sales. Like it's all, it's all him. And so even if he, like he pushes hard, but even if he like took his foot off the gas pedal, it's not like he has to still like pay someone to like do marketing and sales. Like he, they, then they could just kind of coast and be profitable and, you know, focus more on like operations and the product and just, you know, maintain stuff. But when you have like a whole team and organization and roles designed to grow the business and the business isn't growing, then it feels like, well, we need these people to be productive and mm -hmm. like they're here for a reason. So you have to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a big difference from where I'm at with JetBoost is there isn't there isn't a dedicated team to growth, which I guess again, brings me back to like, why, <laughs> why am I so getting so obsessed with just always trying to grow fast? It, it's mm. like, if if each month were to have been like, if, if the MRR at the end of April was uh, ended up exactly where it did, but January was, uh, you know, if, if each month after January was like a little bit better than the previous month, like that would feel better. So if it was like a slight stair step up each month All to right. April, that would feel better than having like a really great January, pretty good February record month in March. And then like way down in April, it's like that, that roller coaster feels a lot worse than if it was just a steady incline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that too. At, at Barometrics, it would be. I, th I think like when we, when I first started the company had been like flat for like a year and then started, you know, it was like a down month. It was December and then it was January is another down month. And then it was February. We started to grow like a little bit. We started to do like our first experiments and campaigns and, and then March was like a, a really good month. And then April was like an even better month. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's working. Like, <laughs> things are happening. And like, is this the new growth rate? You know, we're going to grow by, you know, right. four to $5,000 in MRR every month. And then May was kind of came and it was like, you know, I think like 1000 in new MRR. And then July was like another like 1500. And I was like, what the heck? Like, where did that, you know, $5,000 in MRR growth go? And, uh, yeah. But then also, you know, we got to like 120, went from like hundred to 120 in like a year ish. And then, and then that, you know, 3000, 2000 number was a smaller portion of growth than I was before. Cause now I was at 120. Mm -hmm. you know? and so like the numbers get larger every time, which is also really hard to, to maintain. Yeah. Then the, the percentage is lower. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you said, if it was like, okay, let's grow 1% every month, then, you know, that number would be a little bit higher, but it would be kind of sustainably higher. But when you grow 5% one month and then you have to grow 6% the next month and it's like an even bigger leap because yeah. now you have the 6% on top of the 5% you already had. Right. Yeah, it's tough. It's just weird because at Probably, the end I mean, of the day, it's recurring revenue, like it's subscriptions. So, you know, it's almost like a growth each month is just like a bonus almost. That's true. Yeah. I mean, in theory, it'd be like, you know, this recurring revenue, let's just like keep this forever. And then, yeah, you know, <laughs> figure out how to like maximize the profitability from this, but people don't stick around forever. Yeah. Obviously there's usually, yeah. um, but also you, you know, maybe you want to, you want to grow to see where to make the most of the opportunity. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well, if you're not growing and like pushing, then like maybe you feel like you're selling yourself short or you're not making the most of the opportunity and mm -hmm. what would other people do in my shoes? Well, they would, you know, grow, grow, grow. And they'd really be pushing it. And you know, there's not, it's not hundred percent like truth in there, but I think naturally we all just want to make the most of every opportunity, especially as an entrepreneur. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. But do you feel that way with reasonable swipe files? To... Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking was um it's like, well, if I get to a certain milestone, will I be content to kind of like keep that? Like once I get to a thousand true fans, a thousand paid members, right? Will I be fine with just hovering, you know, around a thousand and maybe have a little bit of a buffer and hover around, you know, eleven hundred or something like that? And I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> um probably not. Like just, you know, knowing me or just knowing right. like There's human 10, beings. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It goes to the next milestone or then I try to figure out, you know, how do I like add on revenue on top of these recurring members and mm-hmm. when, you know, one time or additional tiers or whatever. And so I don't know, I don't know if there's an easy answer there. Um, unless maybe like your focus is on something else and then like you're content with things being kind of flat because you're investing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That maybe be another, another kind of thing, but Um, I think the other thing about businesses too, is like you said, they're, they're so active. Like I could see myself getting into a place with like real estate, for example, where I'd be like, okay, I have my, you know, five properties or whatever it is that like pay the bills that like affords me this lifestyle that I like, like, why would I want more? Like, what would that do if it didn't add anything to my lifestyle? Because it's pretty like passive income, you know, but a business like there's never really going to be passive income with a business. Yeah. Definitely not SaaS. SaaS is not passive income. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always laugh when I see comments like, yeah, I just want to build a, a SaaS for passive income. No. Yeah. I'm like, mm, go, go give that a try. Let us know <laughs> what you find. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even content and membership businesses. I still feel like, mm-hmm. you know, people said like, oh, you can make money online and with passive income with a blog. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, can you? Even YouTubers, like, I see people all the time talking about. Well, once you publish the the YouTube video, then it like collects, you know, AdSense or whatever, and it's this thing out there. It's like, yeah, but if you stop publishing, then like your videos will like lose steam, and Google will penalize you for, you know, like eventually they'll kind of like age out, and like it's really never passive. Like, there's gonna be algorithm changes. There's gonna be other people come along and. You know, they're going to, Google's going to favor them for publishing more frequently or being more updated or adding something new and it's never passive. Right. Yeah. Always on the treadmill. Yeah. But like I said, I don't know if it's like a growth at all costs kind of stuff all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. there's probably like a reasonable, acceptable growth rate that will keep you sane, but also not feel like you're on the treadmill sprinting all the time, you know, right. just a, a walk, a walk on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm still trying to find that sweet spot. Yeah. How are things going with support and with Sarwetch and, you know, just having people in the business. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been really good. It's, uh, on the, on the support front, uh, one exciting milestone last week was, uh, Friday afternoon, we closed out every single open ticket, uh, which hasn't wow. happened, uh, yeah, since, uh, I don't know, <laughs> maybe early January. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. so we, we had a nice little celebration in Slack for that, uh, which was, awesome. it was just really cool, um, to, to have help there and, um, to, you know, Sar- Sarwetch has been shipping updates on the, the product front, uh, which has been great. He's, uh, uh, he's taking a little time off for, a a nice personal life event. I, I won't spoil the surprise if he's planning to announce it or not, but, uh, uh, yeah, really, really happy and excited for him. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I think it's, awesome. it's also the the team has scaled at, a pace that I'm comfortable with. I mean, it's, it's, you know, gone from, uh, one to three in four or five months. Um, and, and, and they're both part-time. Uh, so yeah, I could see maybe by the end of the year adding one or two more. Um, but 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. We shall see. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the the last thing we need to talk about is uh, zip message. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you and I are both uh, Bootstrap Web listeners, which is a phenomenal podcast. And uh, Brian Castle on there has his uh, his new SaaS product called Zip Message, and we are trying it out right now. Um, so, you know, if if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, we're we've always talked about how it's like very hard to get feedback on the podcast or answer questions or uh, get comments from people. So uh, zip message gives us this inbox. If you go to zipmessage.com slash default alive uh, slash default dash alive, excuse me. Uh, and we'll, we'll link in the show notes, obviously you can record a, an audio message, a video message uh, for Corey and I, and we would love to hear from you. And we can reply back directly to that. We can talk about it on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna give that a shot. We finally have like an inbox for the podcast. Yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm super stoked. I'm yeah. uh, looking for a while. Glad that it's finally like out of beta to to give it a, a run and a test. It'll be interesting because it's so you know I've been listening. And it's such a like broad use case tool that it's kind of like you know what are like the main use cases? And I think Brian is talking about like do you do you niche down? Do you keep it really broad, like a loom or, you know, what's like sustainable as a bootstrapper or where do you like get that early growth? Um, this is definitely an interesting use case and I'm excited to see how it turns out. So if you're listening, you have a question or if you just want to like help us test it out or something, <laughs> um, we especially want the, the audio cause then we could even like play it within Ooh, that'd the podcast. Be cool. And, uh, so I think if you head over, it'll like pop over and it'll say like start a conversation with default live. And then it's like screen camera, mic and text. And, uh, the easiest op- option obviously will be text, but if you can go to that mic option and then record like a vo- voice note for us and, uh, that'd be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. And I don't know if I did the greatest job introing it, but it's basically like a conversational yeah. loom. So right. it's a very, very interesting tool. That's kind of a new thing. Yeah. I mean, if, and if you love new technology, then like this is a fun one to te- check out anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, rooting for Brian. I think it's an awesome tool. Excited to check it out and give it a run. Yeah, hopefully we'll hear from some people. All right, well, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. That'll be zipmessage.com slash default dash alive. And um, anything else before we hang it up for tonight? And that is it. All righty, cool. Well, I'll see you in the next one.